It seems like a big no-brainer. If you need medical care, you want the highest value options in your area. The question is, how do you find those? We'll find out on this episode of Shift Shapers. This is the Shift Shapers podcast, connecting benefits advisors with thought leaders and entrepreneurs who are shaping the shifts in the industry. And now, here's your host, David Saltzman. And to help us answer that question, we've invited Keith Summers. Keith is co-founder and CRO of Health Quorum. Welcome, Keith. Thanks for having me. Great to be here. It's our pleasure. Tell us a little bit about your journey. How do you get to be doing what you're doing today? You know, I, I actually came at it from the, uh, the patient perspective. So I've been in technology for many years. Uh, I've also been a founder of other businesses. Um, I just so happened to be experiencing um, some of the, you know, things that are troubling in healthcare in my personal life, um, family dealing with um, wasteful spending and, and low value care. And it got me interested in potentially helping to solve that problem. Um, so that's where my journey began. I was also fortunate to meet um, my founding team who has been in this space for, for decades, uh, doing work around provider level analytics and um, circling on some of these same problems, but just not doing it uh, in the way that we've now come to market as, as a company. Um, so we have a really awesome experienced team and I've basically getting them growing in the right direction towards this goal of helping to improve healthcare. That's awesome. So at a 10,000 foot level, what's the problem? What's the challenge? The challenge is pretty straightforward in that there are best practices and um, ways that are universally accepted as um, how you should be treating patients. 99% of doctors will, will agree on these things. There are um, you know, many, many different sources and they vary by specialty. Uh, so while those exist, uh, the wasteful spending and the low value care persists year over year. It just keeps happening. Um, and it's really a percentage of overall spend. So uh, the issue is really as healthcare continues to become you know, a greater percentage of GDP, it, the waste keeps going up as well. And we're far and away nationwide, uh, worldwide, I would say, uh, the most expensive place to really you know, uh, receive care. So that's a problem. Uh, and it takes a lot of minds working together to try to, to solve it. And we're not the only ones tackling this this issue. I think the angle we're taking and the approach is one that can be really effective though. But at the end of the day, the patient, the one who's receiving the care is really in the dark, aren't they? Typically they are. I know my personal experience with trying to navigate the healthcare system, it's a lot of calling friends and family, asking, do you know somebody that uh, it, you would trust in a particular specialty, let's say. Uh, if I go on my provider search tool through my insurer today, I have no indication of you know, who's a high value, high quality provider and, and who's not. And if I ask my primary care provider, I, I hope that they're leading me in the right direction. But a lot of times uh, referrals are based on you know, deep-seated relationships. And so do they even have the right information to be steering you, the patient, towards those uh, appropriate providers? So let's level set. Can you define those two things for us? What is high value and what is high quality? Sure thing. Uh, I would say that in order to deliver high quality, you have to be focused on value. So that's one of the core tenets here is uh, when we when we analyze how a physician or even a facility or a group compares to other similar ones, 
we're looking at uh, the proportion of care they're delivering and how much of that is low value or high value. So what does that mean? We're looking at ultimately, are they judicious in their care? Are they uh, delivering care that's necessary in the first place? Um, so you might have a surgery that is, you know, on paper, it looks like it has a great outcome. There's maybe not any readmission events, but if it wasn't needed in the first place, then that's falling into the low value care bucket. So a lot of what we're doing is trying to get to that, you know, not, not was it a successful surgery or did the patient have a good outcome necessarily? That's a piece, but more importantly, uh, was it even needed and is it, potentially wasteful, adding to complications that wouldn't exist in the first place if nothing had been done. How do you educate patients? Because right now, and probably for a good long time to come, you have this white coat authority. When a doctor says you need this, you go, okay, cool, let's go get it done, or no, I'm not having it done. How do you educate patients to understand that there's more to the decision than just, as you point out, a referral from a friend or someone who's had a good experience with Dr. A or Dr. B or Dr. C? I think that inherently uh, patients are going to trust the, the provider. That's, you know, it's, it's ingrained, right? They're, they know best and, and oftentimes they do. So our approach is less about trying to get every single patient to understand the nuances of clinical best practices and rather what we're doing is trying to get them um, in front of and steer utilization towards those providers that tend to deliver higher value care. And what we see is that if we have more people seeing more of those high scores, those high value folks, uh, we'll have reduced total cost of care while not sacrificing on quality, on outcomes, on really delivering uh, medicine that's successful. So, do you provide folks with a dashboard that, that gives them that information and they look up a condition or a surgery they need? Or what's that going to look like as we as consumers come out of the yes doctor or whatever you say doctor mode? Right. So there, there are a lot of point solutions out there, uh, provider search tools where patients have access. Our philosophy is we want to get this in the hands of as many people as possible. So uh, we're not, we've made the strategic decision not to be gatekeepers and say, you need to use our, our front end, our search tool. Rather, we, we plug in a lot of different places. So oftentimes you'll see uh, overall score, overall value score, overall quality score powered by Health Quorum. And that will be your experience as a patient. On the back end, it's our data that's powering the, uh, the, the display and ultimately the ranking and sorting that they're able to do uh, in their search. But on, on our side, we're agnostic, I would say, <clears throat> in terms of how this is deployed and actually gets in the hands of patients. You know, I think one of the long-held consumer beliefs is that if something's more expensive, it's better. And that's true with a lot of things, but it isn't really true with healthcare, is it? I, I would say no. I would say that sometimes it can be. And I would think that for, in our experience, for particular uh, very complex surgeries, let's say, um, you may want to have one done at a academic um, facility, right? a, a, a teaching hospital that's on the cutting edge of certain therapies. That's all well and good. But in general, uh, contracted rates very rarely have have a direct correlation to quality and to outcomes. So I, I would agree with your assessment that 
you don't want to go to the cheapest or the lowest cost provider necessarily. What our scores help do is, is give that other element. So you're able to see what does the cost potentially look like here, but also what does the, what does the quality and the appropriateness of care and how effective is that provider? To what do you attribute that? I mean, is it, is it just that certain physicians or surgeons or practitioners do a lot more of a given procedure? Uh, is it just raw skill? Is it a mixture of all those things? There's, uh, depending on what you're doing, and I would say in, in general, skill is no question uh, a factor, right? If, if you're a skilled practitioner, you're generally going to have better outcomes and so forth. Um, that said, a large, a large piece of it does have to do with uh, just your mindset around, around treating patients and, and what, it, what really um, should, be, should be happening at which frequencies. So a provider that's really jumping into uh, expensive procedures and surgeries, et cetera, prescribing brand name drugs when maybe there's a generic alternative available those types of activities uh, without having a second look can really add up and become problematic. So it's, it's almost uh, this, this process of retraining some of maybe uh, some bad habits that have formed over the years. So one of the things that obviously using the data and being aware of this stuff as, as a consumer is that it can lower costs. How, how does, tell me how that happens based on making decisions based on data. So as a consumer, there's, uh, there's the macro understanding that if I am being a better steward of my company's healthcare program or whatever um, plan you're on, uh, it, you'll help uh, reduce the pressure on increased premiums year over year. That's a little bit tough to wrap your head around, and uh, there is that issue of, well, I'm paying for this insurance, so I want to utilize as much as possible. Um, so it's getting buy-in there, but really the way to, uh, I think, be most effective is follow the money. So if you're able to incentivize members to see those high performers, those high scorers, um, and you do the math in the back end and say, you know, we can offer X amount, we can waive a copay, a deductible, all these things to get someone more incented to see the high scorer, uh, those can be very effective, we found. Do you find that that TPAs and others that are using these data sets are creating alternate networks or concentric networks or some of each? There's the use of of uh, you know narrow networks as as they're sometimes referred to. Um, there's also tiered networks, so you might have uh, one tier that you you know you have to pay more out of pocket, let's say, than for another tier. Um, but really, it's not. You don't even have to do um, all of all of that complicated work. It can be as simple as uh, just you know sort ordering providers based on based on their score, and that's you know put in front of a member. And research shows that most people aren't going to page five, right? They're gonna they're gonna see those first handful of choices and make decisions there. Um, and I think what will start happening is as you know what we're doing and, and others in the industry. Uh, gains more and more prevalence, there'll be that um, almost uh, that buy-in from the provider community as well um, to to really pay attention to this. Now, what I think we do that's unique and really much needed is that we offer full transparency into our process. So there's no black boxes over here. Uh, we we give that that granular 
picture of why is a score the way it is, what's causing it. And we have those conversations with providers all the time and give them that insight, which I think is sorely needed in the space. To that point, you know, you, we, you mentioned readmission rates. What are some of the other factors that go into you guys determining quality? What are the other things that people need to look for and know about? So there's readmissions, complications, adverse events rates. Um, there are uh, other outcome-driven measures that, that we include that are, uh, we call them indirect. So it's tied to where that provider is practicing. And if we see that at their facility level, it, there tends to be um, you know, some, some poor performance, then we can draw that connection. Um, we also take that broader view of quality, right? So it, it falls in our process under appropriateness of care, but um, it's, it's very close. And again, that's, that's looking at um, actual like low value care detection that we do on our side, where we look at was something appropriate in the first place. So it, it's a little bit of a broader view of quality than maybe um, what someone might be um, used to, I would say. What kind of feedback do you get from the provider community? Are they are they in favor of this? Do they see it as intrusive? Um, what do they tell you? Yeah, you know, I, I think anyone who's being evaluated, uh, if they're if they're ending up on the right side of things and they're they're high scoring, then they're going to be happy with it. And if they're not, then they'll take issue. Uh, I you know, it's always going to be the case, right? But I think what's important is giving that level of transparency to them. And so while there might be, uh, you know, a little, a little bit of uh, someone taking issue with having a low score, at least we're able to point to the specific reasons why. Um, the other thing we do, which is very important, is risk adjusting for the relative sickness of their patient panel. Um, so we're doing all of these things. Risk adjustment is, just, is one of them, but uh, it helps us create this apples to apples comparison of providers. And we're going at this from a totally unbiased approach. It's just what the data shows us. Um, we have no preconceived notions on, you know, um, who's the most popular in a given market, right? We're just saying, relative to your peers, the data tells us X, and and that's what we put forward. Do you have any sense of? I mean, there's two things that people look at, right? It's lowering costs and improving outcomes. Do you have any sense of what the delta is on on the cost if somebody's using this kind of data and using it intelligently, or what it could be? <laughs> It, it can be massive. Uh, I'll give you an example. We were working with a health plan that had around 100,000 uh, members. So, um, you know, relatively small regional size plan, right? And we dug in and we, we did this assessment where we looked at just 2,000 of the providers that they were working with. And that's out of maybe 60,000 in their market. Uh, what we saw was that with that population and just focused on that segment of 2000 providers, they had around $60 million in potential um, savings that they'd be able to achieve if they just had steered their members in the direction of those high scores. Um, obviously you're not gonna capture hundred percent of that and it'll be uh, you know steps over time to get there. So even 10%, right? Um, that's still $6 million that can help either you know reduce the the cost of care or be used for other high value activities that will help improve overall um, satisfaction and, and health for the patients so that was 60 million over, over what total spend mm. what percentage would that 60 million represent if they were able to capture all of it 
out of all of their spend. I, you know, I don't, I don't know offhand to be honest. Um, and that was again, only, only across 2000 providers. So, uh, it was a small slice, but the, the takeaway there was that even just looking at, you know, 17 providers in, in one specialty and, you know, shifting towards the high scores can really, you know, make, make a significant difference out of those, you know, that Delta that we're looking at. And, you know, the other piece, improving outcomes. I mean, if I'm an insured patient at some point, I'm spending other people's money. I don't really care. I just want to get well and have the best care. What do we tell them about improving outcomes? What does improving outcomes look like at the street level for a patient? Yeah, I think um, people don't want to be um, doing services and going through the hassle if it's not needed for them. So a good outcome for a patient can can be you know going to the doctor and not having something done right it doesn't necessarily mean that they had to go through with whatever uh, they had in their mind when they went into the visit um, it can also mean that maybe you needed something and it was you know it was necessary and you, uh, you you had it done cleanly you didn't have to go back for additional procedures or you didn't have to get admitted uh, again so I think it can mean different things depending on that that key that key question, you know, was this necessary in the first place? We've got about a minute left. Where where do you see this all in a year or two or five? So the the biggest development over the past year that's that will lead me to you know this answer is uh, price transparency and that legislation around you know uh, plans having to publish their their prices for popular procedures starting at 500 codes right now and it's it's moving up um with that said it's it's somewhat akin to uh to what we saw in retail 10 years ago where um you know price suddenly became really easy easily searchable online and suddenly the quality of the goods was front and center so i think that you know our scores and what we're doing combined alongside with that price transparency data is is really like an incredible one-two punch that can empower consumers and and drive a lot of this forward. Uh, it's only going to get better. The, the data is messy right now, but um, we see a lot of promise there, and it's really a, a perfect use case for what Health Quorum does. Well, and as, as that develops, we hope you'll come back and chat with us again. Keith Summers, co-founder and CRO at Health Quorum. Keith, thanks for sharing your your knowledge with us. Thank you so much. Appreciate your time. The Shift Shapers podcast is a production of Shift Shapers, LLC. The content and images of this podcast may not be used without our express written permission. Copyright 2023. All rights reserved.